Hey traders, welcome to another Performante podcast. This is episode seven that we're gonna be doing today. And in this video, we're going to be going over the oil crash that recently happened. And uh, hopefully everyone is having a good day and I'll let Nathan take it away here. Yeah, especially in this market conditions, there's a lot of people, you know, saying bearish, bullish, especially obviously with oil going negative, that was something that never has happened. And we did have quite a bit of a discussion within our discord saying, is this free tendies? Is this a risk-free trade? And when you're going through something that's never been done before, especially if you're trading with complicated instruments like futures or contracts or differences or CFDs, uh, you definitely need to be careful. You need to um, really make sure you know what you're getting yourself into because at the end of the video, we'll kind of discuss what one trader went through and, and how he kind of put himself in a difficult position, let's just say. Yeah. There's only so much that you can do in a situation like this. It's already updated. That's insane. Yeah, I remember that. It's kind of like that game where you have the red icons, but in this circumstance, you're trying... When Greenland goes... Yeah, it's crazy to see United States. That, that was the other one that was very hard to get. Like 121, okay. Wow. COVID's more infected, more infectious than anything I could design in uh, Plague Inc. Yeah, I guess that would have been a hard one. Yeah, it's an isolated uh, island in itself. But yeah, it's crazy to see that U.S. is surpassed, like how quickly it surpassed every single country really and what's a little bit scary and we're not going to dive into it in this the uh in this podcast but there's protests going on um and people are you know conjuring in large groups of people who are rioting and um saying that this is a hoax and it doesn't really matter if people die because they need to go back to work and i think we have to consider 
the people who are in positions where they could get affected and could actually die. Um, it's a collective cause that we are trying to fight. I just wanted to try to shine some light on that topic a little bit. Um, Holy. Yeah. Also, just saying, uh, the trading view chart is absolutely plummeting. It was from nine dollars when we had this podcast, and now eight. Holy, holy shit, man. Yeah, and like we talked about uh, previously before the, pod- before the podcast, in these refineries, like I, like we said, I, I'm not an oil exporting thing, but you can't instantly turn the tap off when it comes to, to the production of oil. So let's say if a company did want to stop the supply from coming in, they couldn't do it instantly. So even if they said, okay, we want to stop the facility, there's still going to be an addition of supply coming into the marketplace. And if there is a decreasing demand with increasing supply, and if you hold any asset within that particular situation, you're uh, in for a very, very difficult situation. And that's what we're seeing right here is you're seeing a glut of supply where, like like we said in Alberta, you know, it's hard to get it out and no one's buying. So increase supply, decrease in demand. This is exactly what you get. An absolute capitulation in the price of oil. Now, the, uh, the when it went negative, these were just the futures contracts. They weren't the actual, well, some oil is actually negative, but um, the futures contracts went negative. So then the producers were actually paying people to take oil away. Now, yeah, if you are not really aware of, I guess, the markets and don't really understand it. How can that even be a possibility? But it's because these conglomerates, these massive corporations have so much oil, they literally can't store it anywhere. Like they just don't have the space. So the only way they can get rid of it is by paying people to get rid of the oil that they currently have. So this is how much supply that is currently in the market. These huge corporations are willing to pay people to get rid of the oil that they have. Um, yeah, it's unbelievable. Another way to think about this would be if you were signed up for like a food subscription service, like Good Food, for example, and uh, they were sent to deliver a meal to you on April 21st. Now you agreed to this happening and you'd already paid for it, but lo and behold, you hadn't been eating that much and your refrigerator was completely full. But your food came on April 21st, you have nowhere to store it, so you've got to pay your next door neighbor to take it off your hands. That's kind of the situation we've found ourselves in, that there is just not enough consumption of oil, there is an excess of supply, and we've pushed ourselves into a very unfavorable supply-demand curve region, right? Shrinking, shrinking demand, rising supply equals a crash in price. Yeah, and to be honest, it doesn't really seem like it is gonna get better anytime soon we can even see today 
you know, soon after we saw that absolute capitulation, it did actually open back um, at $20. And then it's going right back down because the fundamentals have not changed at all. We're still seeing increasing supply. We're still seeing decreasing demand. And until COVID-19 does kind of pass through to a point where the economy can get up and running, where airplanes are flying, where ships are moving, cruise lines are, uh, you know, going and people are driving to work, cars are, you know, on the roads. We're not really going to see any upside movement really in my opinion for oil because the demand just is not there so um, it does kind of seem like if you are looking at a short bias at this point in time you're just kind of getting the crumbs but um, always be safe but I think that the short bias is still going to continue for the next little while here until we see some sort of end in sight the light of the end of tunnel for this whole lockdown situation. Uh, so just month after month, capitulation back down, which theoretically wouldn't be a bad trade. But um, yeah, we'll see how it goes. Um, I, I think that thesis is actually pretty bang on in terms of what could actually potentially go out. So um, yeah, we'll, we'll see how it goes. That's that's You really put the nail on the head on that one. Significantly more action 
significantly more action is urgently needed to ensure a future for an enormous part of Canada's economy. Uh, for those who don't know, I mean, I explained it briefly before, but Alberta basically runs on oil. There are two big cities in Alberta, Edmonton and Calgary, and this is where you will find Canada's corporate offices for Shell, for Husky, for Esso, and those massive oil and glass, oil and gas conglomerates. That's where they live because that's where all the engineers are, that's where all the manual laborers are, and that's where all the massive oil, oil and gas operations are. Yeah, to see this many people's, uh, I think they will definitely get a bailout. Um, that's not a question. It's just a matter of how many, because like we said before, until the supply and demand shifts, we won't really see it pick back up because if there's no demand, the price won't go up. It's as simple as that, right? So until, <laughs> until we see that, yeah, until we see that fundamental shift, you know, how many injections of liquidity, aka how much cash do, does the central banks need to print and give to these oil companies in order for them to basically get back on track. But, you know, this has to be in confluence with the economy starting back up. So it's a very difficult situation for these central banks because, you know, they need a bailout right now. And if they provide them cash, there's still no demand, there's still no production. So, it's a very difficult situation for them to really be in. It seems like everyone's turning to the government for money. I mean, in Canada, we have the CERB, which is like a relief bursary, $1,200, $2,000 a month. If you directly lost your job because of COVID, government is bailing out businesses left and right. Our airlines need help. Oil and gas need help. We have to supply PPE to the provincial hospitals. Like, there's so much different demand and strain on the government at this point in time that we've never really seen pretty much every single sector put their hand out for that government cash. Yeah, li li almost every single one because it will be banks soon enough because obviously with mortgages, that's a huge problem, but also with investment funds and pensions funds like Jason said, there are a lot of pension funds and major uh, funds around Canada and the United States that are invested in these oil companies. And if they go bankrupt, these pension funds will go bankrupt, which means a lot of these pensioners will now have no money to, to pay themselves with. And obviously that's a major issue with uh, pensions in municipalities and uh, provincial. And it's, it's a big deal. Um, and, you know, a lot of people don't really understand or think about the pension funds, but they currently, like, I, I, I don't have stats to show you, but they currently are running major deficits in terms of the pool of money they have versus what they're paying out to people who are living off of these funds. And, you know, with these oil prices, with the companies that are in the oil sector dropping substantially, yeah, it, it's not just the oil sector that's going to get an effect. It's, it's in, in my opinion, the entire economy here. Um, and obviously with, with the COVID situation, it is, uh, it is devastating for a lot of individuals. Um, so, yeah, I don't really have much more to say on that. I'm going to try to keep it a little bit lighthearted. But obviously this is really detrimental to not just Alberta, but you know, in southern states in America, in Texas, obviously WTI, Wexus, Texas, Intermediate, they're, they were a negative as well. So yeah, the entire West is seeing some major 
Uh, blows here, left, right, and center. It just goes to zero or a penny. Yeah, it goes to point zero one. I guess trading view doesn't. They don't have the coding to support a negative value. <laughs> First time ever. Yeah, exactly. Come on, guys. <laughs> oh, we don't have to put it in. <laughs> exactly. It's like that. That's a really good analogy. Like you're pumping liquidity, capital, whatever you want to call it, into a broken economy because it's going in one side and it's strictly coming out the other. Yeah, uh, it's times like, you know, every single sector. So this is, I think, where inflation will come in. It's pretty inevitable at this point because like in 2008, we didn't see inflation for me because of... I guess there's multiple reasons, technology being one of them, just being making it, uh, making business more efficient and it, things become deflationary because technology reduces the cost for goods and services, but also A, because of the velocity of money and B, because we bailed out corporations and banks in 2008. So then that money went into financial sectors like traditional assets like stocks and real estate. But then now... Not only are you bailing out corporations like 2008, but you're also giving everyday citizens, Canadians, Americans, people all over the world, central banks are giving payments directly to individuals. So you're giving it to Wall Street and Main Street. And then these increased amounts of dollars are still fighting for the same amount of goods and services that everyday Americans and Canadians are going to be purchasing. So I think this time around, we will start to see inflation over time, not in a week or in a month or anything. This is still a very de deflationary period, but I, I do think that this is the time where we will start to see the scare of inflation because you're seeing such an overreaction from the government bailing out literally everyone that is asking for it. I've even, I've even saw uh, a company who gave back money because they're like, uh, we didn't really need this, but you know, we're going to give it back, so hopefully you allocate that capital to someone who needs it more. So they're literally giving money out left, right, and center. So it's just a matter of time, in my personal belief. Um, and they're going to continue doing it. Like, for example, let's talk about oil, right? This whole catastrophe will probably get bailed out by the governments, but it's a prolonged, like you said, cyclical pattern that will probably be continuing until COVID has kind of flushed through whatever economy that is going through. So how many bailouts is it going to take, right? That is really the question that I think a lot of people have on their minds is it's not going to be one, it's probably not going to be two, it's going to be multiple, and they're probably going to be doubling down each time. That's the trillion dollar question, right? Yeah, exactly. So um, 
Yeah, it's it's uh definitely devastating. Definitely. I I definitely think so. Like a lot of people are saying, oh, it's completely COVID, but like we were bearish even before this. And obviously COVID was a, a huge shock to people. And like, I, I didn't really see how devastating it could have been when it did start that huge move to the downside. But um, the fundamentals, like they were already doing repo operations before 2020, right? And, and European economies were already in negative interest rates. So it was already looking bad. And then once this came through, it was just complete devastation. So, um, yeah, I mean, we've been talking about negative yielding bond curves. We've been talking about negative interest rates in Scandinavia, Japan. Yes. It's been fundamentally bearish for a while, but it's been this COVID that was really the spark to expose all the fundamental weaknesses in the global economy. Yeah, it, it, it definitely exposes a shit ton of people, but, um, yeah, oddly, there's there's a few people who you know I'll talk about it within our within the video on on YouTube. Uh, there's a few people on the higher ups who miraculously sold in January and who bought a bunch of PPE and Zoom and um, these uh, telecommunication services. It, it there's some shit going on. I don't know. I I can't say that this is made up in any way, shape, or form, but I do think that people knew about it beforehand and we're not telling. American and Canadian citizens and the Westerns just because they wanted to get ahead of the curve first. I think there's definitely been an unequal distribution of information availability. Like definitely. Yep. Yep, exactly. I don't think it's a con, con, uh, random coincidence at all, to be completely honest. But um, yeah, it's 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 crazy shit going on. We've been talking about you know big disruptions coming into the space, and this is the biggest disruption that we've had in in decades and decades. In two thousand eight, it was mainly the banks, right? They had major issues with the mortgage backed securities, and you know those instruments had had inherit risks with the inputs that were actually getting in, uh, getting put into the mortgages. They're subprime. They weren't great mortgages with people who were unqualified to actually be paying mortgages or to be even getting loans. But with this, this is like, it's not, it's not, it didn't start systemically, but it is showing all the systemic faults that are within the system, basically. Like even with just paying everyday citizens $1,200 in the United States, like they're having a major trouble actually getting checks to people. Like they're like physically sending checks to people now, which is like archaic compared to what we uh, we have available, right? So I think... Really? I didn't know that. Wow. Wow, <laughs> that's brutal. That's just like. It seems like this has exposed a number of problems in our economy. It has exposed that corporations' aggressive buyback programs were very greedy, and that now companies have no free capital, so now they want to turn the government for free money. It shows that citizens are in a similar place in that they don't have any savings, they don't have equity. 
they rent, they don't buy, they have lavish payments on stuff they can't afford, and now they turn to the government for money. Uh, massive decrease in productivity, massive decrease in jobs. I mean, all the jobs since the Great Depression in the 30s are gone. Yeah, that... We have lost 90 years of progress. Yeah, that's, that's a stat that I can't even wrap around in my head. That's so long of, of slow, steady productivity growth and in a two-month period, really, or a month and a half, instantly. Yeah, exactly. That's the, that's the scary part out of everything, really. Um, and, I, and I think a lot of people are aware that it's probably not going to bounce back. Like, we're obviously bearish. Like, I currently have a short on the SPX, but... Yeah, just be careful for anyone who who is looking to long oil companies, who's looking to long because a certain stock is just too low. Uh, those are some some pretty devastating last words. Uh, this hat this has to go up because it's it's uh, too low. And you know, look at the price action, not the price. Uh, it is a good way to put it. And we do see that it did break this key level of an ascending trend line, connecting the higher lows. Um, so. Yeah, I, I'm pretty bearish on the entire market. Yeah, definitely. So I'm pretty bearish on the market. I think that the oil news will definitely play a role in the next leg down because there has to be fundamental news that's going to drive the market down further. You know, and we can see see we can see that the job numbers, the stats aren't really doing that. Um, and you know, within that huge move up. A few days ago, there was some news that Trump was going to create guidelines for when they can open, which they did. It, it was just guidelines. There's no actual concrete formation of when they're going to open. It's just hype. And then on that same day, 20 million people got filed that they're now unemployed, but the stock market still went up. So like, it's just there's zero connection with fundamental news that's coming out and the stock price in my personal views. So if you're a technical trader, definitely stick to looking at the charts. Yes, obviously fundamentals play a huge factor in it, like understanding what happened to oil and the fact that they're probably not going to get out of this hole for the little while here is going to be very bearish. So that is going to be a fundamental to play. But you know, if Trump just says some, you know, hype news that has no real tangible statement or outcome. Yeah, exactly. So just like trying to st stay safe, widen your stop loss, use larger time frames, and stick with the charts and try to just catch the big major moves. And in my opinion, I think it's best to stay away from short term trading because with so much noise and uncertainty, it just makes sense to try to catch that next big move that I think could be coming here for the SPX. Yeah, that's definitely a good option. Yeah, exactly. Yep, that's it's a really good analogy. Like if you lose fifty percent of your portfolio, it takes a hundred percent to get back to your original spot. Um and that percentage where you go down versus back up, I think a lot of people don't realize when you know you're leveraging 25 times on some exchange. Not saying it's a terrible idea, but if you're if you're losing 
you know, more than 5% of your account on any single trade, it's going to take you more to climb back up. But if you're risking 2% on a trade, it takes you 2% to get back to break even or like 2.01 or like not much more of a discrepancy. So I know it's really difficult if you have a small account. I understand that if you're only trading $1,000 and if you're risking 2%, you're not really being able to make much money. But start small, work your way up. The number one thing is capital preservation, especially now more than ever, because if you are a person who has capital, who is able to deploy it in situations that have a very skewed risk reward situation, you're setting yourself up to exponentially leap from you know, what, where you are now to where you possibly could be to where you, like, like uh, you said, could buy a Tesla Model X, but you need to get there slowly. It's not going to be one trade that's not going to, it's not going to be one trade that's going to get you there. I know everyone sees the big short and they say, holy shit, I just put my entire net worth in this spy short and I'm going to be a multimillionaire. Um, and, you know, if that trade goes wrong, you're wrecked. You're It could double top, wick you out and then go down and then you're absolutely wrecked. So, um Yes, stay safe. There's not much more that we can really emphasize because of the volatility. You know, yes, stay safe. You know, managing risk is number one. Yes, I do think that we should be putting on trades. Like I'm still putting on trades uh, in this market. I'm being low risk until we start seeing some momentum to the downside, but I'm still putting on trades. I'm just not taking nearly as many trades. Like I've taken maybe a third of the trades I normally would have taken in a single month because I'm just spectating. I'm just watching. Uh, and I didn't take any part of oil. Like I didn't want anything to do with it because I just don't understand it enough for me to say, okay, this is a viable trade plan for me. Like I just, I don't have the confidence conviction to do that. So I'm just going to spectate and then learn as much as I possibly can through what is occurring. Cause this is historic. Uh, so this is history being made right, right in front of rise. Yeah, man. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Literally can't go tits up. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. But, uh,. Gotta love it. Yep, lots of emotion <laughs> up and down in the in that uh, Reddit sub channel for sure. So first we got uh, user Mul Cakes uh, with 10k upvotes on this post. Five dollars of WTI. It's <laughs> <laughs> hilarious. That's just good content, you know. One dollar a barrel. No, sorry, not one dollar a barrel. One cent a barrel. That's the other thing that I think a lot of people didn't understand with these oil contracts is that you're agreeing to physically buy a physical product like it has to be delivered to you there has to be completion of that contract and so i think a lot of people put themselves in funny situations where they saw oil going in the shitter and they're like yo fuck i gotta get in on this and so i won't reveal the name but uh, an individual that i know purchased some cfds uh, and let them execute and is now trying to wiggle his way out of uh, receiving the oil 
Oh my god. What do you do? <laughs> Literally. Buy a container? Like my god. It that's the thing with with not knowing what instrument you're using. That's crazy shit, but that is too funny, honestly. <laughs> Yeah, the why is definitely a, a key importance, but it's buyer, or I can't really say buyer beer, but um, yeah, ho homework is, is vital, especially if you're putting a decent amount of, oh, I fucking love this one. Me and the boys waiting for the V-shape recovery. <laughs> this is so good. <laughs> Ran out of lube? No worries. <laughs> oh, it's so good. Oh, that's a good one. Who relates? What I do after a good trade? <laughs> give it up. Give... Yeah, it's uh, in volatile markets, man. You, uh, it, it's it's easy to do, um, to say the least. <laughs> but um, that that's some good content humor for sure. This is a funny one too. I actually love this one. <laughs> <laughs> like the like the brick man, I swear. They could pull it off if they wanted to. Two hundred fourteen? Oh, is this on StockX? Yeah, two hundred fourteen Canadian on this one. Wow. Oh god, I... <laughs> Probably like in the tens of dollars, but I know. Thousand bricks can be 340 bucks. Wow. So 34 cents. <laughs> wow. That's brutal. That's branding for you right there. Jesus, that premium though. That's supreme. It's better, right? It's... Yeah, this is golden. <laughs> this is actually a fact though, which is unbelievable. But um... yeah, like at least here in Canada, water is more expensive than gasoline. Like if you go to a gas Yeah, something something extremely cheap. It was like a dollar sixty earlier last year. Yeah, I remember like within the last three hundred and sixty five days I have paid more than a dollar fifty for Definitely. Yeah. And now it's in the nineties and eighties, which is unbelievable. 
Yeah, there's, but there's not really many people who benefit from this other than the everyday person who's paying for gasoline, though. Like, in a sense of how it'll actually impact you, there's not a lot of positives coming out that, like, anyone's going to benefit. Unless you're in the financial markets trading, this is pretty detrimental and, and, and going to impact the economy in a negative way. So, you know, if you're, if you're hurrying that you're going to get cheaper gas, it's not sunshine and rainbows altogether. And lastly, we just wanted to finish up with a massive loss. This person put $690,000 into S&P puts, uh, and they lost 100% of it. So this is almost a $700,000 loss, uh, and they basically, their contracts expired. They entered near the bottom of the recent leg down on the S&P, and then it rebounded. Yeah, that's the super savage. But um, I think this kind of illustrates being able to cut your losses. Like we don't, we don't know this man or woman's portfolio. We don't know if he has seven million in it, and then this is like a ten percent loss for it for him. But at the end of the day, cut your losses if you can, um, especially with options. If you don't know what options are, calls are when you think that the price is going to increase and you're going to make money. Puts is when you think that the price is going to decrease, and the price meaning the underlying assets. So this man was betting that the price was going to go down even further, and uh, he literally shorted at the very bottom, which is super unfortunate for him. But um, I think this really illustrates how important risk management is. Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> uh, looking at the positives. Seven hundred, yeah, you can definitely uh, get a lot off your tax credit for sure. But still, that's a brutal loss, man. Uh, if you ever have anything like that, take a week off. Um, you're not going to be trading with a clear head if you had a massive loss. Um, No, they're they're way burnt the barbecue all the way into the core, yeah, <laughs> not the best, but uh, yeah, that's I think a good explanation of of positives and negatives, I guess, because obviously Wall Street bets does have a lot of people posting huge gains, and you see that and say, holy shit, I want those massive price appreciation gains, I want to see that massive ten twenty x, but. You know, there is a negative side with that as well. With huge reward comes massive risk. And if you got an appetite for it, you should definitely be looking at Wall Street Bets because they do some crazy shit over there. It's always uh, humbling to see people lose more money than you. It gives you some perspective. Yeah, definitely. It's a weird thing, though. I, like, I completely agree. And it's not like I go ahead and do it every single time I have a big loss, but it definitely puts perspective as to how much you lost and well it's relative to how much money you have but uh very correct it does give perspective which is a good thing Alrighty, shall we wrap it up? yeah i think that was a phenomenal episode um so i want to say thank you very much for watching our performante podcast 
Uh, it was episode seven. We really hope you enjoyed it. Um, if you do have any questions, please drop them in the YouTube comments section below. It would be greatly appreciated if you do subscribe for more educational, informational, and entertaining information on financial news, uh, on many different asset classes, traditional like S&Ps, silver, gold, commodities, precious metals, all that, and primarily focusing on cryptocurrencies because we do think that is the future. So I'll uh, give it off to Nathan to finish off this podcast here. Stay safe, stay inside, uh, and stay profitable most of all. Take care, guys.